0: faces a choice this is battleground america here's tara servatius
1: we
2: live in unprecedented times times where we're seeing things we've never seen before that's why we wrap each week with the insane things podcast Things that will change America and the world forever. Things we've never seen before. Things, quite frankly, that are insane. And there's plenty this week. Let's count them down. And folks, we're counting down an extra large week this week that includes Christmas. So it's going to run about 10 days. The week started with insane thing number one, the border. As internal documents leaked from the Biden administration showed what even the Washington Post called an all Time high in illegal immigration. A staggering more than 1.7 million migrants along the Mexico border. Half of them, roughly, we welcomed, gave papers to, and at your expense, shipped into the country. The other half, many of whom were likely criminals and didn't stop to get the papers and the free ticket to wherever they want, the destination of their choice. Yep, that usually means they're criminals, they're smuggling, or they've got criminal records, they snuck in. We know that from the censors on the ground. And among them, we now know for sure, at least one terrorist from Saudi Arabia. During Biden's transition, ironically, as the Washington Post, of all people, points out, Here, I'll read you the line. During the transition, Biden said he wanted to move cautiously on immigration policy and avoid ending up, quote, with two million people on our border, unquote. That's exactly what he did. And folks, it wasn't an accident. This has always been the plan. Biden began explaining that as early as 2015. Remember this clip? At the time, he was describing Barack Obama's then record high numbers of illegal immigrants coming over the border. He said it was a good thing.
0: And the wave still continues. It's not going to stop. Nor should we want it to stop. As a matter of fact, it's one of the things I think we can be most proud of. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Non-stop. Non-stop. Folks like me who are Caucasian of European descent, For the first time in 2017, we'll be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's That's a source of our strength.
2: There you have it, folks. The what, when, how, and why. This is the plan. This is the left's plan, spelled out in plain words. Biden knows what's up. And that none of this is an accident. And if the occasional terrorist slips in along the way, oh well, there's no downside for the left. Not to a terror attack. No, it could be used to give their friends and the FBI more power. And that power, as we've seen, will not be turned on terrorists, but on parents who want to complain at school boards. There's literally no downside to the left for a terror attack. At least not in their minds. Here's Tom Homan, Barack Obama's former Border Patrol chief, reacting to the numbers and the terrorist that we caught trying to enter the Yuma sector. At the time, he points out, there were almost no Border Patrol on the sector. Why? They were too busy processing illegals and loading them on buses and planes and getting them papers, which allow them to work in the United States. In other words... In the Biden administration, the border guard are so busy running the Democrat Party's voter drive and herding people onto those planes and into those buses, they're not on the border. And anyone and everyone who wants to waltz across, including terrorists, is. Here's Homan, the former Border Patrol chief on that. It's the untold part of the terrorist apprehended on the border story that it was wide open at the time in Yuma.
3: Well, exactly. Like I said, when you open the border of illegal immigration, I know for a fact 40 to 50 percent of the Border Patrol is not on the line. Yuma last week, there wasn't anybody on the border for days at a time. In Del Rio, with the Haitian uh, surge that happened last month, 224 miles of border unguarded for days.
2: Which is why terrorists are slipping through and in much greater numbers, Homan says, than the Biden administration is letting on. That's what he says his sources tell him.
3: Right, I've been saying all year long, when you open the border up to illegal immigration, which takes half the Border Patrol off the line, and you open it up to terrorism. Look, Border Patrol, Brian, Border Patrol's already arrested over 15 people on the on the terrorist screening database. Fifteen! This is just the latest. So we know they released 600,000 into the country this past year, and we know there's 400,000 gotaways, people that didn't get apprehended and, and escaped. We know that from camera traffic, drone traffic, sensor traffic. So terrorists don't want to get arrested. So how many of that 400,000 didn't get arrested and they're terrorists?
2: Which brings us to insane thing number two. The death toll from fentanyl overdoses surpasses 100,000. But the truly staggering thing. The CDC admitting this week the new number one cause of death for Americans 18 to 45 is not drug overdose. It is specifically fentanyl overdose, killing more people than auto accidents. That has never happened before. Homan, the Obama Border Patrol chief, was clear on why that's going down as well.
3: In Del Rio with the Haitian uh, surge that happened last month, 224 miles of border unguarded for days. So look, the border's wide open and I, I, I'm, I'm telling DEA's on record 95% of the fentanyl that enters this country comes to the southwest border. We got over 100,000 fentanyl overdose deaths. It's not a coincidence At the same year you have historic illegal immigration numbers at the same time you have historic fentanyl overdose deaths. It's not a coincidence.
2: But here's the thing most Americans don't understand about fentanyl that I didn't understand until Derek Maltz, the former special agent in charge for the DEA of the whole Washington and Baltimore area, really shook me by the scruff and made me understand. Until then, I looked at fentanyl deaths as things that happen to drug users. You get addicted to drugs. Hey, you know what? You might have a heroin overdose or maybe that heroin you shouldn't be using is laced with fentanyl. I didn't really see the difference between a fentanyl overdose and a heroin overdose or a meth overdose or anything like that. Prescription drug overdose where you bought the drugs in the streets. I understand it now. Fentanyl is both a drug and a murder weapon. It is not like anything else on the market. Let me explain how. Fentanyl is used in two ways. This is what's caused the confusion. Some of it is manufactured, almost all of it, by the Chinese. It is then shipped Uh, to Mexico and Central America, and it's used in two ways. Uh, Drug dealers, drug organizations will purchase it and cut their drugs with it to make it both more addictive, i.e. more sales, um, and also to stretch the drug further. But it's deadly, and sometimes they get the mix wrong and people die. Okay, that's generally the understanding most people have of it. And that's some of its use in America by uh, drug Organizations for profit. But there's another use of fentanyl that people don't understand. That Derek Malt shook me and woke me awake to. He has dedicated his life since retiring from the DEA to trying to get people to understand this one exact thing about fentanyl. The Chinese are using it as a murder weapon. Here's what they do, he says. They might um, send, say, for instance, batches of drugs over the border for sale for profit say it's a batch of Adderall a kid has gotten used to Adderall likes Adderall likes having Adderall to pull an all-nighter for college exams mom and dad maybe even gave him Adderall when he was younger he's not afraid of it so he goes on Instagram he's not a drug user he's never tried cocaine or meth or anything like that might have smoked some pot once back in high school but that was it well his friend tells him he got his Adderall on Instagram where everybody goes to get it so he goes and gets his too he takes the first five of them For the first half of exam week, he's fine. He takes out a roll number six and they find him dead in his dorm room. Why? That was the one with the deadly dose of fentanyl. Now, does that make any sense? That's not cutting a drug with fentanyl. That's weaponizing a drug for homicide. He says that the Chinese are deliberately sending over batches of, you know, manufactured bootleg pharmaceutical drugs for sale and profit. Um, but weaponizing small numbers of them to kill. The, this is literally an attack on people 18 to 45. And this is why you have parents wandering into the rooms of their 12 to 18 year olds. In, in Derek Maltz, the special, DE, special DEA agent in charge, who's now retired, is described this to me. He says they, they, th- these kids are, are not drug users. Um, they may have... Seen a friend pop a pill at a party. Friend says, You want one too? Friend looks okay. Friend took the pill half an hour before. No problems. So they take one, drop dead. That's fentanyl. And the Chinese, he believes, are deliberately killing with it. Now, this gets mixed in with the drugs, with the fentanyl used to cut drugs, and it becomes a morass, he says. But America cannot combat this without shutting down the border because the Chinese are deliberately killing. It's A very interesting theory. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network But Maltz showed me collage after collage after collage he's made that he takes when he does these talks. These are kids who are not drug addicts. These are kids who did not have known drug problems or abuse drugs or even alcohol for that matter. But they took one pill. They got the wrong one. Or they ordered it off Instagram, took half the bottle over a month or several weeks, had no problem, then hit the fentanyl pill. Every parent needs to understand how dangerous and deadly this is and how it is like nothing we've ever seen before in America. Folks, do you realize what's happening now? All right, look, I'll level with you. Write a passage, right? You go back to the 1990s. Like clockwork, about half the high school graduates in America have tried marijuana. You probably know someone who did, if it wasn't you. That was not a big deal. You tried it, and I'm sure for some tiny percentage of the population, small percentage, it was a gateway drug, and they went on to other things, maybe became addicted to drugs, and that story might not have ended well. But for the vast majority of Americans, they try pot or someone they know does and they go on about their business. It doesn't really affect their lives. They're lacing pot with fentanyl now. It kills. Do you see the problem there? This is an act of war. It could not be more serious and it's getting worse. And this is what they're allowing across the border. Now, normally the American media would go crazy over this. Remember the crack baby epidemic? Crack was around every corner. Oh, yeah, nothing like a good drug story to get parents riled up and to get the ratings up, right? Normally, the media would run wild with this, but they're not covering it the way I just did. Because if they did, the Democrats would have to shut down their voter drive at the border. And so kids die and die and die. And for the first time, we have not drug overdoses... But fentanyl overdoses being the number one killer of those 18 to 45, it is an astonishing statistic. And it shows the absolute bloodbath the border has become. You have to explain this to your kids and your grandkids. Please do not assume they're just not using drugs. They're probably actually not using drugs. That's the thing. They're probably not doing heroin. They're probably not doing cocaine. But don't be surprised if someone you love who's in that age category or younger um, Is that a party with a friend? And the friend, you know, took some Adderall or something that they'd gotten online. They're fine. And they hand them the pill. Hey, this goes good with a beer. Kids not afraid. Again, they've taken Adderall before or some other ADD medication and they take it. Boom, dead. You have to tell them they cannot take a pill that is sourced from another person and not a pharmacy, not a pill Even if the person says they got it for a pharmacy, they cannot take a pill. It is deadly. They need to understand because they do not. They don't understand. Which brings us to insane thing number four. Governor Abbott of Texas, love him or hate him, it doesn't matter, is building the border wall. Thank God for that. It's an act of defiance on the edge of nullification. It's not quite nullification yet, but watch it. The Biden administration will not be able to resist suing to stop that wall. They cannot allow it to go up. And when that happens, the question will remain, does Abbott stop or does he keep going? Just building it when Joe Biden has decided to let the panels rot in the desert, the ones taxpayers paid for, is a total act of defiance. And while it's not quite nullification, which would be an outright rebellion, Against either federal law or court ruling. It is perilously close to the edge. And that is a very good thing. What's astonishing about it is the fact that Texas asked the Biden administration to use the panels. You know, the ones we paid billions of dollars for. The ones they've spent tens of millions of dollars guarding while they rot in the desert. They could have given them to Texas or even sold them to Texas. Texas offered to buy them. But they refused. This gives you an idea of what the battle lines are. Here's Griff Jenkins of Fox News on Twitter describing the absurdity of the panels rotting in the desert already paid for. While Texas raises private money and spends taxpayer money to buy the panels
1: again. In the distance, the Trump Wall, and as you can see here next to it, there are leftover panels that were to be used for the completion of the Trump Wall, whose construction was halted under the Biden administration. Now, as the state of Texas builds its own wall, they're unable to use these leftover federal panels because they won't sell them to the state of Texas. The federal government would rather let them just sit here and rot.
2: Here's former, recently retired Border Chief Rodney Scott, explaining this absurdity to Fox News' Brett Baer.
1: So we're paying contractors uh, for a while. It was almost $5 million a day between DOD and DHS. To, to not. Work. To not build the border wall. There's so wait, wait, wait. Hun- $5 million a day to not build the wall. To not build a wall. Even though they have all the stuff, they have. There are stacks and stacks of border wall uh, panels. There's hundreds of miles of fiber optic cabling. Uh, there's hundreds of, bo- of cameras that were being installed with that. Uh, that it's just sitting. There's no action being taken. So what do they say when the briefing is, well, this really helps us? If we could just plug this in, if we could just finish this thing, what do they say? We're not building more well. There's no conversation. There's no, there's no adult dialogue, if you will. It's just, it's just a black and white decision. The administration said we're not doing it, so we're not doing it. That money is just trickling away to those contractors for not doing work each day um obviously this administration doesn't really support border security
2: finally we reach insane thing number five the attempted execution of keona holly wait who yes say her name keona holly who's that police officer south baltimore was sitting in her patrol car last week about 10 days ago doing paperwork as you've probably seen officers do all over the place She wasn't interacting with anyone, wasn't bothering anyone, merely had committed the sin of wearing the uniform. When two men, they've since picked them up, who, by the way, would go on to commit another murder that night, walked up to her car and simply because she wore the uniform, shot bullets into her head. Now, there's a couple things you need to know about Kiona Hawley and how amazing this whole incident is. She's not supposed to be alive. She was on life support. You don't usually come back from that, but a lot of people are praying for her. And so now she's merely been moved into the ICU in critical condition, which is something of a miracle. It's crazy. She's not dead. But what is even more insane is something we've touched on before. The 130 percent increase in a single year from 2020 to 2021 in ambush style killings. Again, folks, we didn't see these very much before the Obama era. When I began covering them. I'm a former crime beat reporter. I never saw them at all. When I covered crime. Over a decade ago. This is where officers are murdered. Who are not interacting with the suspects. Who murder them. In other words for. I don't know 80, 90 years. That we've had police departments. In most cities in this country. Most officers have been shot. Interacting with a suspect. Somebody who doesn't want to go in. Somebody who has warrants on him. Doesn't want to go to prison. Somebody who's deranged. Or mentally ill. Or out of their mind. Or just mad. And they cap. The cop. But this is not what this is. These are political executions or attempted executions. And this is why we sat at the end of our seat during the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. People struggled to articulate why that verdict affected them so deeply, why we all hung on the seats of our chairs waiting for it to come down. It wasn't just about Kyle Rittenhouse. Although it was, it was interesting to watch him and would have been outrageous for somebody who merely, clearly committed an act of self-defense to spend any time in prison for it against thugs with well-established records of violence. So there was that. And that pulled some people in. But what tugged at our society from a gut level was much bigger than that. We, you, me, us, all of us. On this side of the aisle, the normals, the 50 percent of America, that's just functionally normal. Maybe we're right wing or maybe we lean right uh, or maybe we're in the middle. But we're normal. We're functional. We're rational. Us. Would they be allowed to kill us? And would we be allowed to defend ourselves? In other words, would things stay the way that they are and have always been in America? Because here lately... This country's turned into a dual justice system, a dual justice system, and there's only one real step left. We know crimes of a financial, political, criminal nature certainly don't apply to them. They're never charged with them. While well, we are terrorized out of Washington. But it's all been political so far. Nobody's gotten to kill anybody else without consequence. Nobody's gotten to stalk anyone else without consequence. No one's gotten to commit violence One side against the other with extreme penalties for one side, none for the other. In other words, to date, they've not been allowed to put a target on our back and then punish us for fighting back. Punish us for refusing to being to be beat to death in the streets, clubbed like a baby seal. That is what the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict was about. Would we have real justice or would the street thugs had the street thugs gotten enough of the upper hand that they could intimidate a jury? Had that happened? It would have been a tipping point in America. They would have learned that their violence is protected while ours is persecuted, even if our violence was merely in self-defense. That's why that case was so important. And that's why we have people like Keona Holly being murdered by people who think they're justified. People who are buying the liberal line, the lies about the media. Which is why the Kim Potter decision this week was so depressing. It was depressing the way it went about. The jury was hung. They were done. They didn't see a murderer in front of them. And they came to the judge with that. But the judge ordered them back. And they came back with a conviction. Folks, that is devastating. Because I know how it made me feel watching her on the stand. You'd have to be out of your mind to become a police officer in America. Out of your mind watching that. If you make a mistake, a mistake that she should have absolutely been fired for after being disciplined, if you make a mistake and your skin is the wrong color as an officer, heck, I don't even know they shot uh, Officer Keona Holley. By the way, I didn't even tell you the punchline on Officer Keona Holly. I got so upset, I forgot to tell you. You know, the single mom, the cop I just told you was damn near executed in Baltimore. She's black. Yeah, say her name now. Where are those people? Say her name. Say her name. Yeah, I don't want to hear them anymore. Say her name. Keona Holly was black. She was executed because she's one of us. She's a normal, a rational, a functional, a single mom out there. By the way, she took an extra shift that night. She was trying to pay for Christmas. This is what America has become. And the only people standing between... Us and them are cops. Cops who, like us, are normals. And if that ever falls apart, God help us. Which brings us back to the decision. Essentially forced out of the jury in the Kim Potter case. CNN's headline nails it. What's at stake here? In one single line. You want to know what it is? Ex-officer Kim Potter wouldn't have been convicted... In Dante Wright's fatal shooting years ago, comma, legal experts say, and that is what has changed. If you make a mistake and the wrong colors are present, even if it's the heat of the moment and your heart was totally good, you used to expect to be fired and you should be. You used to expect to be publicly humiliated and you should be, but you shouldn't be prosecuted. She's only being prosecuted for the same reason Kyle Rittenhouse was. And while we won the important one, the Kyle Rittenhouse one, we lost the Kim Potter one. That one we'll pay over time for. We'll pay in recruitment numbers. We'll pay in cops. Who folks don't forget who cops are. What e- even up to the level of sergeant, okay, management. When I was a reporter, those sergeants, they had to take a second job to pay their mortgages and support their families. To be a cop costs you a lot. It means Struggling financially, it means more time away from your family because you have to take that second job in many, many cases. So what does this mean? It's not worth it. It's hopeless. It's just, it's hopeless. Maybe you can become an officer in red areas, maybe, but you're still taking your life into your hands. And that's a disaster. We didn't win that one, the Kim Potter one. They did establish in that case that if you're an officer of the wrong color, then a mistake is now punishable by time in prison. And we all know we make mistakes, especially in the heat of the moment. Officers will always make them. That will never change, no matter how good their hearts are or how pure their motives are, racially, morally, and otherwise. It doesn't matter. They'll always make mistakes. And now you can't survive it, which means you can't survive a career as a cop. You can't. And America will take a blow from this. We will. If you enjoy this podcast, help me spread the word. Send it to friends, forward it to neighbors, family, like-minded people, and ask them to subscribe. Thank you for listening.
0: Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening